Download the All-Star app. Make your picks for UFC fights, challenge your friends, level up and win prizes. Link in description. Get it now. All right, Cody. Um, Let's hop into it right away, man. Unified MMA 54. This opportunity coming up. How did it come together, man, this matchup with Harley King? Uh, you know, I've said to Har- I've said yes to Harley King before, and uh, we were just trying to find a fight. I was actually hoping to fight on that Toronto card. So, you know, if this fight goes good, which I'm, I think it's going to, then uh, I'm hoping to do a quick turnaround for Toronto. But, uh, yeah, I was just looking for a fight. I was looking for a fight for a while, actually, and then that name got brought up, and we had already said yes before. So it just worked out. I've watched him, I've watched him fight. We actually made our uh, – I think it was his pro debut, too in my hometown here in St. Catharines. So I've so seen you had interactions with them. No, no interactions. We were corner rooms, but, uh, I've been watching them on the scene. All right. So you guys are kind of like parallel to each other in many ways. Yeah. Like I'm always watching all the, the up and coming band and weights or anybody I could possibly fight. Right. So, I mean, you'd be dumb not to, it's your competition. Yeah, I've been watching so for what, a while. What did you think of his last performance on the Unify card? Uh, against uh, Devin? Yes. I've actually not even seen that fight yet. They haven't released it on Fight Pass, and uh, I wasn't able to watch that night. So I've, I'm going off of uh, the Zuniga fight, the Atma fight, and honestly, I haven't watched more, more than that. Like, There's no point in going that far back. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it relevant, right? always evolving anyway and i'm i'm assuming he's going to be the best version of himself anyway is is that something that you do like are you really into the studying aspect of of your opponents you know because i was watching i remember a countdown where oh yeah john jones was gonna he was fighting um cyril gone right and cyril gone mm-hmm. during fight week he was playing soccer with his teammates and john jones was in his basement watching film and he said you'd be stupid not to watch your opponents and study them it's oh, chess not checkers yeah, exactly. there's always little tells and stuff and even game plans and things that I can see, okay, they're doing this. This is what they like to do. This is their go-to stuff. This is their second, their reactions and mm-hmm. how they defend and how they move, if they're stiff, if they're, if they flow, you know, there's always little, little things you can get. But then again, like I said, like, yeah, I'm watching them fight, who knows, five months, six months, how much better can somebody get in that six months? I know I train every day, twice a day. And I'm getting better, I feel like, every day. So I'm putting those sessions in. I'm just uh, – I'm training to beat the best. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm training to beat the yeah. best, and uh, he's just a stepping stone on the way, on the way to the top. So Is, is that something that w- was like a learned behavior, or have you always been doing that? Oh, my, that's what my coaches preach. They always mm-hmm. say just train to beat the best. Like, yeah, of course we're training for a certain opponent, but this isn't uh, – my end goal to fight on Unified 54. I'm I'm training to be in the UFC, and that's where where I want to be. So, is Unified the biggest platform right now in Canada for, for up and coming so. fighters? You think? That's why I went to Unified because it is the biggest platform. UFC Fight Pass. They do their shows properly. They treat their guys proper. And uh, yeah, I want to be with the best until I get that that offer for the big shows. Speaking of the best, your team, Niagara top team, right? It seems like. You guys are like becoming the outliers in Canada, you know, with the yeah. with the squad that you guys have, and you're just one of the ones that are coming up, you know, the prospects. Um, mm-hmm. How did you end up with them? 
so I, I grew up in a small town, Petrolia, just outside of Sarnia. I trained there. I fought there as an amateur and I was doing steel framing and I was working in Niagara actually. So I just wanted a gym to train at really quick um, while I was there for the week. So I signed up at this gym. It wasn't Niagara top team. It was another local gym in St. Catharines. And uh, so I started training with them. They kind of offered me a spot like, Hey, if you want to do this real, you can move down here. So I moved down there and then that team kind of like dissipated almost like there wasn't too many pros there. And then I met uh, Tisha Goldthrow, actually, he's fighting on the unified uh, card in Toronto. Um, I met him, I started sparring with him and then they opened up Niagara top team pretty much the beginning of Niagara top team. We used to train in this little dungeon gym. It was hilarious, but there it'd be packed like 30 guys in there pro pro sessions, guys coming down from Toronto to get working with us and, yeah, I was there from the get-go. I'm like one of the OG guys there, so it feels good to you're, see it really grow and explode into this thing that it is now. It's pretty sick. Yeah, you're you're the young OG, right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah, OG. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> young OG. Yeah, there's a lot of older guys in the gym as well, right? Like the oh, training for a while. 100%. For sure. Yeah. Um, like who are your closest training partners at the gym? T. um, Gabe Seidman um there's so many honestly i've been training a lot uh or a good amount with siri lately um jasmine jasvicious like there's so many of the team and we just there's so many different bodies right you just want to always grab uh all these different bodies to get different looks but i train with tisha probably the most at anybody and we've been and, training and the together for years staff. now and and the coaching staff out there man i think a lot of people really don't know much about them. Explain to me like the roles that they play for you. Yeah. So Chris uh, Prickett, he's like the head coach. He was an Olympic alternate, like in a killer wrestler. He went to school for coaching and everything, I think too. And so he just really knows how to break things down to you and like teach the the group as a whole and like kind of be that leader and explain things the way they should be explained and keep everybody in line and disciplined and whatnot. Right. And then, uh, Matthew Marcantonio, my striking coach slash jujitsu coach, he had like 20 something pro fights. So he's been there, um, since the beginning of my pro career too, just like really nitpicking the, the striking, just giving his look on things and with jujitsu and striking. And then we got Matt jelly, which you guys, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He's a West coast boy. So, uh, well, I guess that's what you call Alberta, right? West coast. And, uh, yeah, he's like a mastermind, right? Like just killer on the pads and like really good mind and striking, uh, all over MMA, but mm -hmm. he really helps, uh, break things down too. And just giving different looks and they all add their little pieces and it all comes together to form just, uh, the best in the country. I think the best coaches in the country you're five and oh as a professional like mm. which fight out of those five was probably the the biggest lessons learned or or the toughest fight you know it's i uh definitely faced some adversity with uh, the nate small fight mm -hmm. just half kick early on and it hit that kind of that drop foot i think you've seen with the sean o'malley the same thing happened with him right but i'm able to switch stances and uh, I switch dances a lot when I fight, so I just switch dance and held it off a little bit, you know. 
bought myself some time. And then the second round came around and I knocked him out, which got me fired up for that, right? But the Jacob Ralph fight was a good one too, uh, going the full 15 minutes and wrestling and having those good grappling exchanges while still keeping it intense on the feet, throwing knockout shots and stuff. So that was a good one to go f- the full 15. That was the first time I did that. But yeah, every time you get in there, uh, you're just learning so much more every time, right? Little things, things in the back room, even being there with my teammates uh, over the last, uh, some fights recently, I was there in the back room, just watching them, going through those emotions and seeing, being in that space just helps you a lot too. You're just learning every time, get more comfortable in the chaos. The drop foot, you know what I mean? Dealing with that, that must, that's got to be beneficial when you start you know, going into oh, yeah. the, the higher level, you know what I mean? Cause you've already yeah. dealt with it, but what, how crazy was that to, to feel that and to mm-hmm. have to overcome that, especially like with, I'm pretty sure there was a crowd, right? So there's probably people yelling from outside mm-hmm. the cage, like attack the leg, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty well. Wild. I think I sold it pretty good. Like I didn't uh, like let him know it was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my corner, like my coaches, they kind of knew because I came back and I told them whatever, but, uh, yeah, just dealing with that adversity and just being still calm. Like, he, it was weird because he wasn't throwing a lot of punches. He was kind of just, like, staying long with the teep and kick, long with the teep and kick. And it's kind of hard to engage with somebody that just wants to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I got to force myself to get in closer range. But then when he actually started throwing some punches, then I was able to counter. And it just, I don't know. It's People thought I was hurt in the beginning, too, because I would let him kind of do a teep kick or something, try to bring him in. That was my whole idea behind that. Like, okay, you teep kick me to the cage and I'll come in and, and do something about it. But he wouldn't close that distance. And then finally when he did, I, I put him out. It, it's hard to deal with somebody that has a solid teep kick or a sidekick. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just something that, you know, if you're good at it, it could really mess up your opponents. I've seen it in sparring mm-hmm. a lot, like watching pro spar. Mm-hmm. And then some guys or even girls that are really good at that aspect of the game. You know, you see Steven Thompson. He's really good at it as well. And, uh, yeah, man, it's – it's. how did you get around that? Like, how did you figure it out? Well, it's not – like, I use it a lot too. I use mm-hmm. the teep and I use the push kicks and I love the sidekick and spinning kicks and whatnot. But it's like at the end of the day, okay, you're teeping a guy what what are you doing from there it's not going to finish a fight most likely mm-hmm. unless you got like a killer stab kick but it was kind of like one of those things like okay i blocked it even some of them i'm getting my arm there and i'm blocking it still but to the crowd it might look like something else but at the end of the day you're not going to win a fight i don't think just based off of that so you got to do something behind it and i like and now that i've uh experienced that in the fight i i have things to deal with it now whether it's catching it carrying it out of the way or just beating it before it happens or just making the distance is it's kind of a longer range weapon, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, it's not like you're going to be knocking somebody out with the teep unless it's like some Anderson Silva type face kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Snap. That's different. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, oh, that's a whole other thing. Snap kick. Yeah. To the chin. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful kick right there. Um, yeah. You know, with this fight coming up, Harley King. I, Harley King is a pretty cool name. I just gotta say that. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, but you know, you gotta take him out, man. So, what do you envision in this fight? Like, what do you expect to show of yourself? You know what? I think I'm better than him everywhere. I've been training this MMA for seven years now. I'm 25. I started when I was like 17, and I've just been training every 
uh, martial art, whether it's wrestling, jujitsu, striking. And yeah, I think I can beat them everywhere. And uh, I always want to give the people a good show. Um, but I think once he feels, I feel like he's going to want to grapple. But he's got power in the hands too. So he mixes it up well too. So it's kind of one of those fights where we're going to see where it's going to go. I don't know his game plan. He doesn't know mine. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really good showcase of just like martial arts in general, an all around fight. You're going to see the grappling. You're going to see striking. You might even see some, uh, yeah, like more jiu-jitsu exchanges. So I'm just ready to go wherever. And I'm going to see my openings. I'm going to take them, whether they're on the ground, they're on the cage, they're on the feet, wherever they are. I'm going to feel it out and I'm, I'm going to find that, uh, that chin. What do you think of the the talent pool right now in the bantamweight division on the regional scene in Canada? It's good. Yeah. A lot of regional guys. I'm like starting to think like, who am I going to fight after on the regional scene? Um, I got a couple names, mm-hmm. but I'm going to save that for fight night and do a little call out. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. There isn't too many. Like, I think I'm going to have to start going to the States because I train with a lot of the, uh, the best guys too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and we'd never fight each other. So, yeah, maybe going to the States or whoever wants to they come up. I want to fight, like, like, uh, like equal records too, right? Like, I don't want to be going down and fighting these guys that are 1-0. Yeah, there's some guys coming up that are 1-0, 2-0, but they got to get up to – to my uh, my level or it's just like what's the reward in it you know mm-hmm. even if i do be yeah it's like okay you beat a guy that's one of i want to be i want the big shows to start looking at me so i want to be guys that are you know five and oh six and oh do you just take a fight by fight are you are you thinking like hey i'm just gonna take the fight and then take another fight and when the big show or somebody takes notice that's when i'll take the opportunity or are you in a rush you know because it seems like a lot of guys are in a rush they're like i'm ready right now they're no, like four and oh well you know what i wasn't in a rush my whole career and i've been tra- like i said i've been training seven years and now i chose to turn pro when i chose like when i wanted to uh like back in the day when i was fighting amateur i was like four and oh five and oh amateur i had guys telling me go pro go pro and it's crazy to me because I'm like, fuck, if I would have turned pro back then, dude, I would have got my ass kicked. But, yeah, I waited and I was patient, waited for everything to come in. So I started getting some man strength and shit. You know, I'm 25 now, so it's starting to kick in. And, uh, yeah, this is the time. And I want to get fights. I want to stay busy. I want those big shows to uh, to recognize. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go out there and put a show on. But the people, every time I fight, it's always a banger. I mean – I go out there to give the people a good show and come out unscathed. I want to hit without getting hit. Just because I want to give the people a show doesn't mean I'm down to brawl every single time. You know what I mean? As an amateur, you also had some kickboxing fights. How beneficial was that? Oh, it was huge. Well, when I started fighting amateur MMA, I went 4-0 in MMA. And then they made amateur MMA illegal in Ontario. So it kind of swapped. Uh, Pro was illegal while amateur was running. And then they switch places because it wasn't being taxed. So uh, that's always what it is. Yeah. Hold on. Something just came up here. But uh, yeah. So, and then once MMA became illegal, that's when I started doing kickboxing, Muay Thai. I was actually just talking about it today to my, uh, we're doing like a little coach's highlight thing because uh, 
they were just talking about past experience and how I went to Thailand and I'm half Thai. So I feel like Muay Thai, it's in my blood, you know, it's always been in my heritage and it was cool to go there and see my roots. And, and, uh, that's kind of what got me into fighting. It always caught my eye. Yeah. Well, it's all good, man. No worries. Um, December 15th, Unified MMA 54, Alberta, Canada. Thank you so much, Cody, for the time. And uh, yeah, man, you're one to watch, man. I've seen a couple of your fights. And uh, yeah, man, we'll see what you can do. in this. Let him know. Let him know. It's going to be a banger, bro. I'm telling you. Like, I'm going to put on a show. The crowd's going to be probably booing me at first. But once that, <laughs> once the, that cage closes, it's going to be going to be a highly real sure